Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a podcast that discusses the evolving world of community engagement. Explore and learn with us as we host conversations with leaders in community engagement, stakeholder consultation, and public participation. We'll discuss current trends, best practices, as well as tips, tools, and ideas for better engagement programs. Welcome to Bang the Table Talks. I am Anthea Robinson-Shaw, Engagement and Client and Cost Manager at Bang the Table Canada. I've worked with our online engagement platform for about eight years now, and it's especially great when we see municipalities work wonderfully and successfully with our online platform and adopt its use consistently. And one of these municipalities that I'd like to introduce to you is the city of Kamloops. I'm happy to introduce you to Wendy and Bryn, who have successfully implemented their engagement platform, Let's Talk Kamloops, in their community. Hi, Wendy and Bryn. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. Please, could you tell us a bit about yourselves and your role right off the bat? Sure, absolutely. Well, this is Wendy speaking. My name is Wendy Heshka, and I'm the manager of communications at the city of Kamloops. And I'm here with Bryn Pearson, who's a communications advisor. Our division is called the Communications and Community Engagement Division at the city of Kamloops. And recently, the city here has taken on sort of a new investment into really expanding how we view citizen engagement. And so that's what brought us to Anthea and Bang the Table. Thank you. And if both of you could share sort of the one thing you'd like to share off the bat with us about your community engagement platform, that'd be great. Sure, sounds good. Well, Bryn and I have lots to share because we've been working with um, this new platform for I would say about seven, eight, nine months, somewhere in there. And we've really had a lot of experiences that, you know, we wish we had have known off the start and some surprises too. So we're happy to talk to you about those throughout. I would say that one of the biggest experiences for us has been that at the city of Kamloops in the first half of 2018, there was no online mobile engagement at all. And we had over 50 open houses. We're a community of under 100,000 people. So 50 open houses in a community that's small, you really can lead to engagement fatigue because often they're the same participants who are expected to show up or, or engage. And so we took a look at that and we took a look at sort of decreasing attendance to those face-to-face open houses, which of course are frequently in the evenings and on the weekends. And we felt that it was time to try something different to be more respectful to our citizens and residents and to reach out to where they are in the comfort of their own homes or um, on their own mobile devices. And so one of the biggest surprises for us so far since launching this platform is we thought this change was going to be a bit difficult because change can be difficult. People don't tend to, you know, leap into change with enthusiasm sometimes, yes, but that's true. The, the internal readiness for this and the um, how the community has embraced it has really surprised us. So Bryn and I chatted just before we started this interview, and we agree that's probably the biggest the biggest key takeaway so far for us. That's great. That's really good to hear because I think that certainly helped with a lot of the struggles that many municipalities have it's to get that internal buy-in to, to bring everybody on board. That can take quite a lot of time and you've been able to do that in a very short space of time, which is really, really exciting to see. And it's, in a sense, you've answered my next question, was, which was what brought you to using the tool? And that was the, what you just said there is a very clear indicator of, of why you needed the online space. 
Now, my next question is, did you have any challenges internally with adoption and the use of the tool? And do you still have those now? And how do you address these? Now, you did mention that you didn't have that, which is what surprised you most. With what you said, were there still some of those types of challenges that needed to be addressed? Just touching on what Wendy had said about how we didn't have any challenges. I think that when, yes. we, were when we were looking at moving to an online platform, it was a discussion that was happening at the right time. So uh, okay. the first project that we launched was with the downtown plan, uh, which is currently mm -hmm. on our page. And so it was coming at the right time. The, the consultants that were working with our internal group within the city that was doing this plan were looking at using an alternate platform in addition to their open house and the engagement strategies that they were doing face-to-face. -face. So the conversation that we were having on the other end about looking at this platform and, and other ones that were available was really key time. It was more of having the conversation about what their needs were and why they were looking at this other platform versus what we needed for the city overall in terms of future engagement. And so by able to moving forward with this, the platform for Bang the Table, a trial run um, was really key to launching it with this downtown plan project and the willingness of that client group to be able to be super excited and engaged with that. And then also having the community who was involved with this key project for the downtown plan and taking ownership within their community was a real key driver to having the participants going to the website to participate in the surveys and educating themselves and um, taking part in uh, the forum discussion that we had going on that page. That was really great to see and I think um, you've hit a, a really key point there where to have a project that grabs the attention of your community so that you can get those early successes I think is quite critical for getting the site going and if the project is of interest your community will go there and we certainly saw the numbers so it was, it was good to see. The other thing I found that was really great is to see how your site has evolved over the past six, six months and how your projects are getting such great traction. What is your secret to driving community participation in the online space? From an advisor's perspective of when we're looking at the projects that we're using with this tool, it's basically considering what are we doing with the face-to-face -face engagement and how can we mimic that online? So having the opportunity for those that aren't able to attend an open house to be able to have the exact same experience from the comfort of their own home is key. But in addition to doing that, um, is integrating all of the messaging for the Let's Talk page or the specific project page on Let's Talk into all of the communication that we're doing. So whether that's within a news release if that's um, doing a social media post or a social media event, and then also being able to do it with traditional marketing, marketing so whether that's radio or print pieces, and always including that link to that specific project to drive the traffic there. Right, right. And out of all those tools that you're using, do you find a good cross-section of traction, or are you finding some, tra some projects have traction in social media more and others in the radio ads, what are you finding uh, seems to dominate if, if, if it does? I think that depending on what the project is, is what really drives the enthusiasm and the excitement for it. So not all the projects that we have for engagement are on Let's Talk. I think we'll probably discuss a little bit later as to what we determine goes on there, but being able to 
to provide the opportunity anyway um, to drive that traffic to let's talk if that project is on that page and including it in digital and traditional media. I think it's a really key thing to be able to educate and let the community know that this platform for engagement is there and that they have the opportunity to participate and not miss out if they can't make a specific open house in the evening or on the weekend. Right. Um, I think that's really key. Mm-hmm. And that was a good segue into exactly that. I've noticed that you engage on many projects um, online. And uh, and my question to you is what determines that? Uh, because you did say some don't go there, but what determines, what are the decisions you make in putting a project online? What do, What is the driver? Yeah, and that's a great question. So we're, we're careful in terms of what we choose to put on to the Let's Talk page. So when we're working with our internal client groups and looking at the project, we're looking at what the goals and the objectives are of the project itself and whether or not there is that engagement piece that warrants the Let's Talk project tile um, to have that. There's projects that we have on Let's Talk that aren't a published tile. So if we have determined that there's a project that we're doing that is warranting of an engagement piece and the information piece on Let's Talk, but not necessarily will be a high traffic driver, but it's still really important to us to connect with those stakeholders or the smaller groups that we will create a project on the platform, but it's mm-hmm. not a homepage tile. And so what we will do is that it will be a published page in the background and then we will send that link and work directly um, behind the scenes with those targeted groups whether it's email or phone conversations and so even though that that project exists it doesn't necessarily exist for all the public to engage in so there's a couple ways that we're using the site right now and then there's projects that we have that are really quick and easy and don't necessarily warrant a project page for let's talk I hope that answers that question. <laughs> yes, it really does. It's, uh, actually, that's a very interesting perspective to bring to light, is that not everything doesn't have to be that key global focus for everybody. There are some certainly smaller projects where you can send that link out very specifically, or you can have those closed groups where you're engaging um, on more sort of closed information that that group is going to share before perhaps you go out publicly. So it's definitely a spot on there. <laughs> So the, this lends itself to an understanding of what, uh, when you're going out online, how you made uh, in the online engagement platform a standard tactic. What was it that you did to make that as a standard tactic? I know you had the early adopters and, and those who, um, and the internal buy-in, but tell us a little bit more about your approach to use the online tactic as one of the tools you're using. Sure. Well, any tactic begins with a strategy, and, and that's really where that story begins at the City of Kamloops, because mm-hmm. Britain and I, we're both very new here um, at the city, and that's because the communication function in its and the community engagement function in its current status at the City of Kamloops is, is fairly new. The city felt that they really needed to build out this team, invest, in, in more strategic communications and more strategic engagement. And so that's the strategy that council and administration initiated at the beginning of 2018. Uh, the other way that we really try to invest in, in online engagement as sort of a way of life at the city is to take council's strategic plan 
which talks about mobile engagement. And I think the origination of that plan was more thinking about a physical mobile um, engagement unit, but we really sort of took that concept and said, well, it's truly mobile, really accessible to anyone on their own device anywhere. So whether we're taking mm-hmm. like, talk literally on the road, or whether it's just through the internet or even at events on iPads, we're, we're truly making it mobile. And another way we, we really make this part of the daily conversation at the city is we report on engagement at every council meeting. So Let's Talk is a part of that. We have an email footer for city communications that um, has a Let's Talk Kamloops branding with a link to our, our website. And really what we've found is there is such an internal excitement for this tool that clients are coming to us and asking for it. So it has as a tactic, it really has become a standard that people are coming to us with rather than us sort of pushing it to project teams. Right. Oh, that's that's really, that's music to my ears. <laughs> um, I really am so pleased to hear that. So what was an unexpected outcome that you found in using the online space? Well, you know, it depends on who you ask. We asked, Bryn and I asked a few of the advisors here and we had our own answers. So we've got a, a few answers there. One of them is related to the tone that is reflected on this social environment and how it differs from other social platforms out there. So I think we can all agree that the the tone of discourse on many social media platforms such as Facebook or Twitter or wherever it may be has really declined in the, the recent years. What we found is that on the city's platform, the tone is much more professional and respectful. And it's not necessarily saying that people are agreeing with um, projects or that that they're not questioning things because that's part of engagement is a true conversation. But the tone that that's conducted with is much more respectful. And I think that's partly because counselors have endorsed this. Counselors are are redirecting um, conversations from social platforms over to this Let's Talk platform. So that's one of those unexpected outcomes, and it's a very positive one because it's really hard to have that lower level of discourse that can be dominated by negative voices. Absolutely. Uh, You're spot on with it in terms of using the space. And, and it's really great to see that, that your counselors are accepting that people can be unhappy with something and have a voice and not to run away from it. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And I, I think the moderation piece is a real um, is a real benefit for that too. However, mm-hmm. we have found that we've had to rely on um, moderating comments too much to this point. I'm sure it'll come. There'll come a time where we do need that, but it's um, the respect is almost just translated naturally so far. One of That's the great. other surprising outcomes for us, though, was the high numbers of people who are using the platform to educate themselves not necessarily participating in the interactive tools so much yet. But, you know, when I when I reflect on the fact that that's a surprise, it shouldn't be probably because don't you find at open houses, a lot of people will come, but they won't say anything. So it's probably more of a, it's more of a reflection of what we see in person too. So um, that said, the numbers of people that we see who are aware and informed on projects and how Bang the Table measures that is really super solid. Those numbers are really important to us, much more so than the numbers for registration and actual interaction with the tools, because what we know is that they're looking at our documents, they're watching mm-hmm. our videos, visiting more than one project. That's, that's a real value to have that insight. Yeah, because you know that you really are connecting with your community. Exactly. Well, from my perspective, I think you have a really great team that's obviously controlling and managing the platform 
and getting the word out and getting your, your teams to use the project successfully. How do you set up those systems internally? What has worked for you that you've seen successful in helping the various teams use the online platform? Well, what we've structured here in our communications and community engagement division is a communications advisor dedicated to each main city department. So Bryn's department, for example, that she's the advisor to is development, engineering, and sustainability. So her um, managers and her director in that department will come to her with a project issue, need, question, and Bryn offers strategic advice on how to achieve their goals, reach their audience, or whatever the situation might be. So that's really one of the um, best ways to achieve buy-in is to have that dialogue and that respectful advisory type relationship. We found that that's worked really well. And another point I just mentioned earlier is that council is really supportive of this. So even during right. council meetings, for example, a manager will be presenting a fairly controversial project and a councillor will jump in and ask constituents to, to comment on let's talk rather than a social platform. Or <laughs> there's a rumor being spread um, in one medium, say Twitter, another council will dive in and say, oh, that's not exactly um, how this is, is rolling out. Please visit this link to find out more information and we can have a conversation there. So they're directing them to let's talk. That is lucky. That is so lucky because not all cities have that experience and I'm so pleased. But it's not only luck, you've worked at it. Um, to get to that point, you certainly have put in the time and the energy to to get councillors and that adoption uh, within your organisation. Now, as a continuation to my previous question, what has been your experience? So often what I hear from other organisations is, well, how do organisations manage the space? Is it overwhelming? Is it too much work? How do we manage these online projects? What what advice or input could you provide to, to municipalities asking that question? So I wouldn't say that it's too much work. I think it is a real important asset that we have this platform. It's a tool that we use to educate. And we obviously have our municipal website, but this is different. Like this is project specific, informative place where people can go to get the information and the details that are very specific to this one event or open house or project along with all of the engagement assets that are currently open for input and it's also the place where we will go to close the loop even though a survey has been closed a, a project may still be open or continuing on a timeline but this is where we will go to say, although the survey is closed, that you still have the opportunity to check back in and we'll update for the reports of that survey or the reports of whatever that engagement tool was. And it's a continual update until the project is officially completed. So it's a really great place for us to manage that project. And I think it's a real benefit for us to be able to have that. Wendy and I were talking about this earlier this morning, too, um, in terms of creating our projects and stuff. And I think that something that we've done and we've done well is looking at our projects. And although the majority of them are engagement focused, there's a couple of them that are educational. And we've decided to put them onto the site, even though there might not be an engagement piece, because it was an opportunity to really highlight these things that are going on in our community that didn't necessarily warrant a dedicated page on our website. And so one of them in particular, which is still on the Let's Talk platform, 
and not aware that <laughs> Campbell was the first city to receive a provincial store to sell cannabis. And so we needed to have a place to educate in terms of what that meant for our municipality and to residents of the city in terms of zoning, how the locations of cannabis stores were going to be determined and what the process was for those who were interested in opening a retail store. And so although there wasn't an engagement piece for the public, we turned it into being an information piece. Once that legalization came to Canada on October 17th, that day we switched over that platform to be more educational in terms of this is what the legal situation and this is what it means to you. This is what it means to use an adult for use and this is where you can go for more information. So redirecting, but having that place where we could direct residents or those who are inquiring about what was happening within the city. And also having that sort of constant presence, I think, is is so important, um, whether it is just to inform or to engage as you move along. And then finally, to give that closing the loop, as you spoke about, mm-hmm. um, equally critical. And that presence that it, the project doesn't just suddenly disappear. People can get come back and reference it and see what was done or or learn more. I also had a look at your reports, and obviously you, you're pretty proud of those, I'm sure. <laughs> and noticed in just over six months since you launched, your stats are really looking impressive. Total visits of 21,000 plus, new registrations of 374, engaged visitors of 1,200, informed of 3,400, and that speaks to what you just said previously, and aware visitors at 6,800. Those are really great numbers. I thought I might ask you a little bit about how reporting has been of value to you and helped you in your community engagement practice, and what the numbers have meant to you in these first six months. You did mention it in the at the beginning, but maybe you can just ex- expand a little on that. Sure. Well, first, I'll, I'll back up and let you know how we launched this platform at the city, we decided to evaluate um, Bang the Table against some of your competitors. And we used a very um, a very extensive evaluation process and, and Bang the Table and Engagement HQ ended up being the product of choice for us. But we committed to the city that we would test it for six months first. And mm-hmm. what we did to set up that test was we used our own metrics to set up the test. And they didn't rely only on visitation. And I think that's important for municipalities who are thinking about evaluating an engagement platform is really take a look at when you're looking at success, what does that mean to you? Because it's often not only, you know, the numbers of people who show up, but it is how well embraced it is internally, how easy it was to use, how well educated people became. So while the reporting that Bang the Table provides is really, really helpful for verifying that the test was a good choice. Some of those other softer metrics are really important as well. So we um, we tend to look at the daily metrics on a pretty regular basis. Bryn and I are equally interested in that kind of stuff and, <laughs> and it's pretty exciting. I mean, she's got a really great best practice to share with you about how we're starting to use email within Bang the Table. And I'll, I'll let her tell you about oh, that. Wow. But the metrics really help. So we do not focus on registrations. Many people might focus on registrations. We've chosen not to. You know, a registered user has a value for sure, but we use a real mixed model for our engagements. And some of our projects are wide open, totally anonymous, no registration needed. And others, we tighten up who can participate and how they can participate depending on the need. We try to use the tool to its full advantage. 
Well, I can certainly see that, which is brilliant to see, and, and you're seeing the success of doing that. Well, and Anthea, one other thing I want to mention is we do consider the IAP2 spectrum of public participation when we're really setting these projects up, and we try to determine, well, is the goal really here to truly consult with the public, or mm-hmm. is it strictly to inform? And I think that whenever we're looking at the, the metrics provided by Bang the Table, we have to do it in balance with what the true engagement goal is. Right. That makes perfect sense. And um, was it Wendy, that, was it you that was going to share on your best practices? Um, I'm going to get Bryn to talk to you about something that okay. we've just started and Anthea provided us with an audit of our use of the platform, which is part of the subscription benefit. And that truly was very helpful, mm-hmm. Anthea, because we started using a tool that we hadn't put into practice yet based on your advice. So Bryn's going to talk to the, us a little bit about how we just implemented the email function. Yeah, so the email function, which is so simple and obvious, (laughs) Um, but it was something that I think that just as a group, as we were coming into this and learning the platform, that it was something that we just overlooked and didn't really register with us that it was a tool outside of a project that was going to be really key to us. And so we recently just launched one of our projects on a page for transportation choices. And with that, we use the email function to put together a nice little email to, and it went out to all the registrants that were on the site and anybody that was subscribing to projects that just simply said, thank you for being a participant of Let's Talk Kamloops. We have a new project that has launched and we invite you to take a look at it with a link to the project page. And just a little brief description of what the project was and what engagement we were looking for from them and the impact that it would have on them with this project. And so it was a simple, short email that went out to all of our registrants. And the surprising thing for me was about how quickly I started receiving survey responses. In the survey tool, you can add a notification to receive an email when surveys are completed. So I had done that to receive only a couple here and there and then uh, within the first hour I had 80 responses <laughs> oh wow which, like that's too much inbox right now so I removed my <laughs> and then within the first 12 hours of the project there was over 125 responses to that survey which was awesome the reason too that that response was a surprise was this particular project as many municipal projects has no budget for advertising mm-hmm. zero And so we really had to get creative in the tools we use to promote the engagement opportunity. And that was clearly a benefit. Yeah. And so that project launched a couple of weeks ago. And as of today, it's the number one project on our page in terms of visitors and awareness and people informing and participating. I give a little bit of kudos to the engagement tool. So if anybody's listening and isn't currently avidly using that, that easy little feature, then we definitely recommend taking advantage of that. And, and I'll you certainly pass that on to the, the team that's banging the table. They'll be thrilled to hear that. We're using email to close the loop, too. So I think, Anthea, you had noticed that we did a sort of a six-month summary just to yes. wrap the test and evaluate it a little bit. And we, we not only created a short video to illustrate those successes, but we did also use the email um, tool within Bang the Table to say to everybody, thanks for making this a success. Here are the projects you engaged on over the last six months. Here are the new projects coming up. You know, keep keep um, making sure that your voice is heard and shaping our city. And it really went over very well. I love the way you reported back uh, to the community on the, your engagement in the last uh, six months or so. 
and the way you did that in that video. And if you're okay with it, we'll share it with the broader community to let them understand what's possible when you close that loop. You give the community uh, feedback or the way in which you can do that as well. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And, Thank and you. We're, learning, we're learning from many other cities on best practices. We're looking at all the good work happening, you know, throughout North America and beyond. And we're happy yes. to share practices because it's a real, we have common challenges. So that would be great. Exactly. And I do agree on that, that you have common challenges. But I can tell you, you're fast becoming the poster children for online engagement. I've been very impressed with what you've done. So as we finish off, what is the one learning that we haven't talked about here that you can share with other municipalities to help them understand more about your experiences that you think might be useful or was an unexpected result or surprise? Um, from an advisor's perspective here, I have two comments on that. One is recognizing and allowing yourself as the municipality to provide the same level of engagement that you would face-to-face -face on an online platform such as this giving the opportunity for those that aren't able to participate in person the same engagement options as those who are able to, which is only a benefit for everybody. It helps you with your reporting and your support and your understanding for executing those plans and reporting back to directors and to council and to the community. But one thing I think for anybody who is considering using this platform or who might already be using the platform, but maybe not to, it's ability right now is to be able to think outside the box. We're giving this the platform which is essentially uh, you have your widgets and tools which are templates to help build your project pages. They don't necessarily always work for what you need to do with a project and so to be able to think creatively about how you can use tool or widget that's been provided and how you can integrate that amongst themselves and to just be able to create something different to get the results that you would need that you would do within that face-to-face -face engagement. And use the example I can share is just with our downtown plan. We had a consultant come in that did uh, design charade. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that word was <laughs> But we wanted to be able to share the results of that charrette to the community. And so we had all of these images, these fantastic renderings where we wanted to be able to show, but also get comments and feedback on that. And we couldn't, there wasn't really the easiest tool to do that. So what we ended up doing was using the forum uh, widget and using that by connecting it to the photo gallery with hyperlinks to be able to post a photo and then be able to enlarge that photo, but also create the description of what that rendering was and then asking the question for feedback in terms of what do you think of this rendering. And it was really successful in terms of getting the comments and the responses and that dialogue between residents and the communities. I think that's such a good point that you've made is the thinking outside the box, I think helps the community, yes, keep it interesting, keep it fresh, but also can meet those very key objectives that you have to meet in terms of reporting back and getting the information you need. Mm -hmm. Any other points you'd like to add to that before we, we close off? No, I think just building off what Bryn said, we need to be brave. outside <laughs> of our comfort zone as communicators <laughs> and as municipal communicators and have really authentic conversations and to try things a little bit differently. And so that's what we've been doing here and so far so good. And we're, we're proud of the outcome and the community has embraced it as well as our internal colleagues. So thanks for the opportunity to, to tell our story. I'm so pleased you did, and you certainly have reason to be proud. You've done 
so well in a short space of time. And I really appreciate the time you've taken to share this with me, both, both Bryn and Wendy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us for future conversations as we explore the capacity and insight that online engagement has to offer. Check out our other learning resources at bangthetable.com.